Hello and welcome. I'm Clina Foley and this is Off the Bench, a podcast about women's sport which we hope will educate and entertain sports fans of all ages and genders. You can get our previous episodes on iTunes or if you go into offtheball.com, go into their podcast series link and you'll find Off the Bench in there. We also have a Twitter handle. It's at Off the Bench OTB. That's capital OTB at the end of it there. So uh, always, we're always happy to hear feedback and suggestions there and particularly ideas for any future podcasts. Let us know there, please. Uh, our format changes. Sometimes we interview individual athletes or groups of athletes and sometimes we have a discussion ourselves about stuff that's really um, burning issues that we feel are really relevant and, and happening at this moment in time in women's sport across the world. So I'm delighted today is going to be a panel discussion. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be a little bit of to and fro um, but there's loads of stuff to talk about and I'm joined today, delighted to be joined today by Paul Dollery of the 42 and Sue Murphy of our own Off the Ball here. Welcome to Off the Bench, Paul. Particularly, you've been here before lots of times. She's one of the founding members. Welcome back, exactly. Um, Paul, we're delighted to have you here because you know you cover um, particularly football and you cover women's football as well and you cover lots of issues uh, probably around women's sport, but you are the man behind this and we rarely, we, in fact, we, I don't know, we've never endorsed a product on this, <laughs> no, on this uh, you're podcast very against before. It, actually. And I, <laughs> there you go, she's the one trying to get funded for things. I'm not one for endorsing <laughs> products, but we are happy to endorse this. Um, and we're going to ask Paul to tell us what it is and how it came about um, and why it's so important. So first of all, Paul, tell us, what has this book got to do with you? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm conscious of not taking too much credit, obviously, for it, but it, I suppose it was a, an idea proposed by myself initially a few months back. Um, so what um, is it? It's a it's something I probably never thought I'd be involved in, but it's a, a colouring <laughs> book. Um, probably the, the best work I've ever done and certainly the most sophisticated, but uh, it's <laughs> a colouring book. book. It features 23 of basically Ireland's most prominent female sports people um, across a wide range of sports people like Katie McCabe, Kira Griffin, Rachel Blackmore as you see there, Rachel, yeah. Natalia Coyle um, and it's... And it also has, which I didn't know, it also has a page of, there's a little interviews with them, Q&A with them on this side of each one as well, which is lovely. Yeah, it's, so, um, it's obviously predominantly aimed at young girls to try and increase the, you know, the prominence of, of sports women in their lives but the hope is that young boys will obviously yeah. uh, be attracted to it as well. Which, which they have been so yeah, far. I've which seen is great. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online, getting yeah. a lot of uh, tweets and Instagram posts shared, which is great to see. But yeah, the reaction has been fantastic. How did you come up with that? It is such. It's like all the great ideas in life. You know, when you sit and you think, "Oh, I wish I could think of a brilliant idea." Yeah, it's like the most it's obvious thing when you see it. It's a simple, like that. Yeah. brilliant <laughs> idea to increase visibility and information about women. How did you think of it, and why? It was. I have to give credit, I suppose, to my three-year-old daughter, Fia, who's. Um, you know, I'm obviously keen for her to be involved in sport when she grows up. Um, Predominantly, you know, for lifestyle reasons, so she'd be, you know, live a healthy lifestyle and all that. But if she brings home a few Ireland caps or all Ireland yes. medals, I won't complain either. But uh, yeah, Daddy. Like, she's, you know, we, I brought her to all different sports. I brought her to Cork Ladies Football, Camogie, Ireland Internationals, um, and you know, she is interested. But because of her age, she, you know, she has a limited attention span. She'll pay attention to a match for five minutes. The same on TV. She'll have a look for five minutes, and then she'll want to go back to doing what kids her age normally do. You know doing jigsaws, playing with yeah. her toys and colouring. She loves colouring. So I was trying to think of ways that I could integrate a sporting theme into her more natural interests, I guess. Um, and I suppose the, the colouring book was the, the best Did place you to just start. like look at her one day and go ping? Was it a light bulb moment or were you thinking about it for a while? 
Um, yeah, it probably just came to me really, when, you know, for, for that reason, trying to think of you know how, how you can um, incorporate it into what she's more naturally interested in, and she's always colouring. And I first of all went looking online to see if anything actually existed already, and couldn't find anything. No, there may be something already out there, but I, I'm not aware of it if there is. But um, and the next best place was to say, well, let's try and make it. And proposed the idea to my colleagues at the 42 and, and thankfully they picked it up and ran with it and I have to give credit to Adriana Costa and Adrian Russell and Niall Kelly for the job they did after I proposed the idea. So they on the editorial end? Yeah, I mean it was their idea to put the uh, the Q&A in with the athletes and there's a lovely part at the back as well where the kids can, you know, there draw is. themselves yeah, and, and exactly. imagine themselves. Yeah, exactly. And there's a, a little Q&A for them to fill in for yeah. themselves as well. Yeah, so it's a lovely production and, and Chris Judge has done a fantastic job on the illustrations beautiful as well. Beautiful illustration so. as well. Yeah. Gorgeous. Um, so, but you went online and not only probably was there nothing um, sporty in terms of a book like this, but you deliberately made it female athletes and Irish female athletes as well, so that to, to try and increase their visibility, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have received messages obviously from people saying is there going to be a he can is there one for boys <laughs> which is a fair question but you know the reality is and you know I have a young son now as well and he'll be given the same amount of encouragement when it comes to sport as my daughter is but the reality is that it's not going to be as hard for him to find sporting idols you know yeah. there, whenever he opens a, a magazine or a newspaper or turns on the TV it's probably going to be a male sportsman in front of him so you have to make that bit more of an effort when it comes to, to female sports people and yeah. um, I think that's probably the reason why we have at least started off with, with, with sports women anyway. So it's the it's the 42 production um, which is a popular, really popular sports website and it's She Can which is, the, that is it. And it's the colouring book for tomorrow's, which I really like, tomorrow's Irish sports stars. So in other words yeah. there's an inspirational thing there as well that you're hoping that, that, that people, boy, young boys and girls. And the lovely thing is that I've seen people online with, with photos of their young boys also colouring it in and they're yeah. obviously going to absorb these names these images and you know uh, somebody I saw uh, somebody a few weeks ago tweeting that their child was giving you know one of the athletes stripy socks and there was there was a whole interaction thing going on which is gorgeous yeah. how do the athletes themselves feel you must have got feedback from them to be included and did they know it was going to happen yeah and that's been one of the, the really lo lo lovely things about it is that I think Irish sportswomen are very conscious themselves of the role that they have as ambassadors and they're really keen to to capitalise on it. You'd see it there at the end of the Ireland women's national team matches when the players are all spending time over with the fans yeah. in, in Tala. It's great. Like They're brilliant at yeah, that. They are. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. And, and they're like, so conscious of it. As yeah, you absolutely. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. Like I was, My daughter was looking at a picture last week of Katie McCabe giving her boots to an Arsenal fan after their game against Tottenham and she now automatically assumes that Katie McCabe is going to give her her boots someday and tell her. Bad news for you, Fia. You're in for a big battle there. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> There's a big queue lining yeah. up for but them. They're, they're, they've been so good. Like, they, you know, they've been sharing it on social media themselves and they've been quite humble by it. So it's, oh, it's great I think to they're see really. That, you know. I mean, I've seen them. They're so tough to be included in yeah. it. Like, it's isn't it a brilliant idea, Sue? And yeah. Look, you to to let us. You have a what a three three week old boy. Uh, three week old boy, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. a three year old, mm -hmm. and you're going to have a baby pretty soon. A girl uh, on the way as well. A girl on the way. It's a girl. <laughs> you know, it's a it's girl. girl. So like, when, when you see something like this as a, as, a, as about to be a mom, isn't that amazing? Yeah, like? because you have to go digging for it. Otherwise, that's mm -hmm. what really annoys me about like trying to find information around female. But there was a really there was a lovely bit. I don't know if you saw Ivana Quillen's Insta stories yesterday with Natalia. 
Um, so Natalia was in doing a piece in the W and she did a, piece, uh, a colouring thing for Peggy for Evan's daughter because she was colouring in. I just think that's lovely. I think yeah. they're so conscious of it. Yeah, and the, it's that, so that interaction inclusive. is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. But amazing. the colouring book is beautiful. And what I particularly love about it as well is that you have para-athletes in it as well, yeah. which yeah. is really important. Um, and I think all of that, it, it just increases the inclusivity of it. Is it available to buy? Where can people get it? How much is it? Yeah, it's uh, seven ninety nine. It's in Eason's, um, Dubray and, and lots of the other bookshops as well. And it's also on our own uh, online shop, which is the 42.shop. So, right. And uh, have you had any inter international interest in it? I was curious. Uh, there has been, actually. I, I actually don't think I'm allowed to say too much about it at the moment. <laughs> but, um, oh, top secret. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there has been. And, and interestingly, there's been a lot of interest from schools, like teachers and principals who've of been course. putting in bulk orders for their class. Oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, oh, that's great. Brilliant. Great. Yeah, yeah. So, brilliant. I mean, it's, it's, I thought it would, it would do quite well. But it's exceeded expectations. Oh, yeah, I think people yeah. were looking for something like this, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's so hard to get um, any books about sport for young young kids. You know, uh, there are a couple of rugby series. Um, Jerry Siggins has done uh, ones, hasn't he? Yeah. There's a few that have done rugby series. Mm. They've nearly always had boys at the centre of them as well. Mm -hmm. So for any to find any books, uh, yeah, sporty books harsh. related to yeah. girls for young girls, is amazing. Yeah, and I think the reaction shows as well that you know parents are keen and they are willing to you know put sport in front of their children and to push them towards it but they just need I suppose little things like that to just help them along are. you know yeah I think there could be a whole franchise going here I think there's <laughs> lots of other you know uh, educational toys or stuff that yeah. could be developed off the back of it but just what it's a great Christmas I present just, as well. It's a brilliant Christmas yeah. present. That's why we're saying today it is a great Christmas present. Yeah. If you're putting together a Christmas present for young kids of, 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 of a, I, any gender, like that's the point. And as I said, I think I, I was a kid who loved to colour things, so I just think it's fantastic. Yeah. But to have even the little things of, you know, um, there's Ellen Keane, like, and, you know, what's your favourite? You know, if you, could eat, if you could eat only one food for an entire year, what would you choose? All that kind of little yeah. stuff. That's going to appeal to young kids mm. as well. It's a fantastic idea. Congratulations. Thanks I hope very it much. brings a great, a great increase success and a whole franchise of all other um, sports related for small <laughs> kids stuff because it is a brilliant idea. Um, okay, um, well look, we'll, we'll push on because it has been, it's one of those, it's been, a, you know, it's the past month alone there's been loads of stuff. This has created a big flurry of stuff on social media but also there's a lot of stuff that interested me in the last few weeks that we wanted to discuss and football is your specialty, isn't it? It would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I've seen you at the Irish International matches with Fia with her lovely big woolly hat on her. Um, <laughs> So uh, this seems a good time to talk about what's happening um, probably in club football, women's club football, particularly in England at the moment, because mm. last, uh, was it last weekend? Last weekend they had this, like they've taken this decision in England, one of the things they've taken the decision is, is if there's a gap in the calendar, then we should be exploiting it because it's so hard to fit women's sport into the calendar that's already packed with men's sport. So maybe, um, Paul, you might talk about what they did last weekend. Yeah, the, the WSL, the Women's Soccer League in England, um, they, I suppose they had a, you know, a, a campaign to try and increase the attendances and, and a lot of the teams brought their fixtures to their men's stadiums. Their major stadiums, yeah, yeah. So I suppose the big one was Tottenham against Arsenal, which ended up setting um, an attendance record over 38,000, which when you consider that Tottenham's previous home game was 1,500, yeah. you know, it just shows mm. the effect that an extra bit of promotion can have, that you can have that much of a jump. Um, You'd like to think that the Irish women's national team could aim for something similar. I was speaking to Louise Quinn a few months back about, you know, fingers crossed if Ireland are going into that final qualifier against Germany yep. next September with qualification on the line. 
um, that maybe the Aviva could be a possibility. You know, maybe it's a, it's a campaign too soon for that. But if, if yeah. qualification is there, you never know. And, and people, the Tottenham thing shows that people are actually willing to to get involved and to go to these games. I don't know whether you. I watched the game, and I mean, it was it's the, it was the technically the first uh, women's North London derby, so there was huge interest. And I watched the game on TV, and it was actually a really good game. Um, and Katie McCabe had a cracker off the post at one stage. Yeah. But what really interested me about it too, watching it, was that the audience was very mixed in gender. More mixed, I would say, than the Women's World Cup that we were watching during the summer. Mm -hmm. An awful lot of men and an awful lot of young boys. Mm -hmm. And it struck me that they were there as Arsenal and Spurs fans. They weren't there as women's football fans. They, yeah. were, there as, they were there to support their team. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I think back when, when we started talking on this podcast about attendances of football and how far it's come in the last four years is unbelievable. Yeah. And I definitely feel like the World Cup was just... We talked about it being this watershed moment that was just going to change everything. And I really feel like it has because there isn't... I, I find even when I put on football at home, if it's women's football, we will both sit down and watch it. And it's not the case of... Before there would have been a, oh, you know, I don't know, I, like I watch Premier League. Now it's just, when it's football. It's not even considered as, I think that's the most important thing is taking out the women's element of it. It's just yeah. it's just football. It's, you're watching a, a game. Now, there are you know, arguments about where it, it is in terms of the men's game and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's always going to be before. comparative stuff There's going always on. going to be that. Yeah. But in its, on its own merits, you now have people going to this and making an effort to go to it. That's what I love about what I'm seeing about people going out to these games. They're seeking them out. They're bringing their children. It's not just women bringing, bringing their daughters. It is dads going as well and younger boys. Like we, I was at a couple of the Ireland games and there's young boys at those games who know who those players are. Yeah, I was, which I was is, so overcome so by it. Great. That's amazing. Yeah, that is, a, that is the start of the move. What really intrigued me as well, as I said last weekend, is I think that, the, that the, your ideal situation is that you have a Man City fan mm. or an Arsenal fan or a Spurs fan who goes to watch their team play difference. and it doesn't exactly. matter which it is. And that is, that is really what you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the atmospheres in a lot of those games as well have actually been quite partisan like the Manchester Derby earlier the in the Manchester season Derby, absolutely. it was quite feisty in the stands yeah, like, yeah, which is great but yeah it's um, and, and as you said Sue I think the World Cup last summer was, or the summer gone by was, was a real turning point and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to the quality on show and you mentioned the comparisons with the men's game I mean they can work both ways as well like the men's game in a lot of ways these days has been kind of shackled by you know overly Reliant on tactics and yeah. stuff like that, whereas the women's a lot of the women's World Cup games were so open and so enjoyable to watch in that regard. And, and I mean, look at the quality that we even have here. I mean, you mentioned Katie McCabe, yeah. Denise O'Sullivan yeah. is absolutely on That's fire at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, from an entertainment point of view, like a lot of the women's games are, are right up there with the. Yeah, with the and it's funny. So many people I met in the summer yeah. said, um, "Yeah, so many people said they said they don't dive." Everyone's like, "They don't dive." Yeah, no, they don't actually. Knowledge. They just get up and go no. on. Yeah. And like, it is a different game. Yeah. But for 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 that, it is we always say that you have to value things for what they are and the beauty of what is in them itself. If you like, I, I sometimes get worried at the moment and particularly in the last few years I think we're getting a little bit obsessed with numbers um, yeah. you know at having numbers like the, the, uh, England and Germany played an international obviously the previous weekend I think and there was over 70,000 and they said that all those games in that in that big push for women's um, Super League last weekend there was over 70,000 at all the games. Um, are we getting too obsessed about the numbers um, you know is there a danger then and then you have to say oh everyone has to it has to be a record but actually is it is it not more important that we're creating a regular audience for a quality product all the time Sue? Yeah I think it's more about the regular audience I think we're getting ahead of like every time I hear about 
a yeah. crowd. It's, oh, it's a record crowd. It's a record crowd. And, and around the Irish game as well, the attendances were record crowds. Yeah. Look at the amount of people going to those games. Let's stop talking about that and let's start focusing on the game. I, you wouldn't, you just, I know it's... You it, wouldn't it, be talking about it in the men's You context. would not be talking about it in the men's no, game. That's no. what I was going to say. And I know it's a comparative thing and we shouldn't really... But it's, we've moved past that. Like, yeah. let's give them the credit for what, what's actually happening here. You know, that's just going to grow and grow, I think, with, with more money, with more sponsors, with more promotion. Those numbers are just going to start increasing anyway and it's about making them regular attendance. And, and it won't be the conversation. It won't be the yeah. big conversation and there won't be the lead story on the top of the game, which exactly. I think that's unfortunately. Now, obviously, it's important. Like, the, the bigger your crowd, the more media attention you're going to attract and the more media coverage you're going to attract and also more sponsors you're going to attract. So it is this chicken and egg thing that we talk about all the, mm. at, at the time. And I, I just thought it was really interesting. What I think is interesting is seeing that women's teams now have enough popularity and enough of an audience to have power. And what's really interesting to me was that um, there's been this row in, in Spanish women's football. Um, the players were looking for a new, basically a new player agreement. And they were looking for, actually one of the things they were looking for was better maternity uh, cover, holiday pay, holiday rights. Um, they wanted, they, they were looking for very basic minimum wage, in fact, if you look at it. They were looking for 75% of the minimum wage in Spain, which is 16,000. And the clubs are arguing and saying, no, 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 12 grand would be the most we could give you. In fact, probably eight. And they they went on strike. They went on strike the same weekend, actually, that, that big uh, women's football promotion was on in England. Mm -hmm. And there's been movement. And that's really interesting, isn't it, to see that women have the power now. If we withhold service, suddenly people are going to start listening to us. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably uh, symptomatic as well of maybe the, the stand that the US team have taken with their own yeah. um, association. And it's no harm that it's having a knock-on effect elsewhere as well. But like on the point about getting obsessed with attendances and figures and stuff like that, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I think the proof will be in the pudding in the sense that if Ireland, say, for example, took a game to the Aviva and if we got... 30,000 for example the real like the way to find out if that has actually had an impact is to see what the, the next attendance at Tallow will be then and then exactly. how many people yeah. are actually coming back that wouldn't have been there previous that will be the real yeah. um, like impact. I was at the FA Cup final yeah. uh, women's FA Cup final it was a brilliant match this year goals goals fantastic some amazing goals scored in it but i mean if there was i'd say a thousand a fifteen hundred at it at the most dwarfed in a tiny section of the eviva yeah. and then <coughs> as i because i had another job and i had to <laughs> i was i was i was the rare exception i was leaving after the women's game when most people were coming in for the men's game mm. um and i watched people coming with, with little boys and little girls coming in for the men's game only. And I thought, what a, what a great match they've just missed. Yeah. And the men's match, as it happened, then it went to extra time. It, was a score, it wasn't a scoreless draw and they had to go to penalties. Yeah. So, like, the quality of the women's game that day, was they were, it was just a fantastic match. One of the best women's football matches I've seen for a long time. It was the best and cup final for a good few cup years. Final for, and, and one of the it? problems there, I think it kicked off at five past twelve and it the men's did. game didn't start until twenty to four. And, and there was I, a huge gap. Yeah. Huge gap. I know, I know yeah. they can, wanted to leave time for extra time in the that, women's game. Because that happened a few years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. They need that much time, really. It was such a huge gap. It's I thought a, like the same if, thing. If you were going in for both the men's and the women's finals, you're in the Aviva basically for with the penalties in the men's game six hours straight. And it's with a long small time ones, with, you with can't kids. hold yeah. on to them that long. Yeah. So you're right. And there is this problem of scheduling is an issue. Just remember the year that it went to extra time, and they they were the men's game, men's teams came on and warmed up, up yeah. while the women were preparing for extra time, which is un unacceptable. Yeah. So they've gone the other way nearly now as well. Yeah. But it was amazing to me that day because I thought. 
this is where we really need to build, build in crowd. The internationals now are being promoted by, obviously, the international sponsors and the FAI. There's a big push there. But we still need to get more people at the National League games, Women's National League games, Soho Hotel National League, and also at the Cup games as well. That's where we'll really see the growth. What worries me about that, though, is that the, the American football team came up at the US women's team who went out and strike and all that kind of stuff. But... I was watching um, Zach Ertz play for the Eagles a couple of weeks ago yeah. and he was described as Julie Ertz's husband, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, that, Brilliant. I've, I've never heard that before. Isn't that amazing? Like, and Julie Ertz's husband. And it, was, it wasn't even said in a tongue-in-cheek yeah, way, but just that said. she is more important than he is. Yeah. And I it was, isn't but, that great? But at the same time, they're still not getting what they want. No, which, no I know. Which is unbelievable because they're so visible there. Yeah. And we still haven't got to a point where they're getting exactly what they want out of their contracts. Well, it brings us to it, Sue. It's a great link because um, something very interesting has happened with the, uh, people might know it, with the American women's soccer uh, case against US soccer for equality and for proper pay. So uh, two weeks ago, um, a judge has ruled that that the argument that US soccer was making about the equality thing was not on and that they are they can push forward now and take what's called a class action in America. So it really is going to unfold and if you're interested in this, you'd be watch your social media, watch the media over the next few weeks because the discovery documents have to come out. The case is going to be settled in next May, May 2020, April, May next year. But actually the discovery documents are going to start coming out and they are fascinating reading. And mm. Sally Jenkins, I'm a big fan of her, she's a brilliant American sports writer and she um, she did an amazing piece in the Washington Post uh, recently and her lead her lead and we were just saying legally you probably wouldn't even get away with this in Ireland because of the libel laws but the lead <laughs> paragraph was at this point the burglars who run the US Soccer Federation actually would be would be better off to see if they'd agreed and given the women's uh, cup word uh, equality because she reckons that given what's coming out now they're, they're in big trouble with this yeah, case yeah. and they're probably going to lose way more money than they thought. But the statistics she had in it, I, I mean, you've had a look at them as well, they're extraordinary. Um, it, it, the men's team, they had, in 2017, they got, they got 17 charter flights. 17 charters were given to them for their games and the women didn't get one. And the women are the successful team yeah. and the one presumably the bringing in way more yeah. money. Hmm. It's extraordinary. Yeah. The it's difference, isn't it? Yeah, whatever about anywhere else in the world, the US is the one place where it, it shouldn't even be equality. It should be going the other way, you know, given the, the success of the two teams. Yeah, it's incredible. And they, they, they used comparisons. So they were saying that it, 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 for, for 20 friendly games, the women were paid 99,000, right? But their equivalent male was going to get 263,000. And the women's success rate is 83% and the men's is 48%. And as you said, they're the big crowd pullers as well. Their international team are the big crowd they're pullers. And they're hugely well known. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think about who the US women's soccer team are. There's huge personalities in that team. Yeah, that people massive are, personalities. And people have access to them and they can interview them. Yeah. It's just a different... Yeah. It's, a, it's so frustrating. So that is going to start... That's going to get really interesting. But it's, again, it's this thing about women starting to have power in sport now because more people are interested in it. Now they're, they're getting to a point where they can call the shots. Isn't that fantastic? For the, for the most basic things sometimes, yeah. but at least we're getting to that point. So I thought that was one we were talking about. Uh, actually, I, I saw a really interesting article and I, I was asking you to have a look at it as well. Um, um, 
this one interested me, which is uh, Chelsea boss Emma Hayes, who we've talked to for, for the podcast, and an incredible, incredibly interesting woman who doesn't Honestly. always, always, yeah, she doesn't always toe the party line. Like she, she was the one who suggested that they, that the women's penalties that they should be different than the men's. You know, so she's come up with some very controversial ideas. Yeah. But she has done a piece recently. Um, it was a Guardian, which is very good, and obviously on women's sport as well. And she was, she has this notion, which I think is worth asking, is which is, are we selling women's sport? too cheaply now? Are the, even the ticket prices to get into major events, are they too cheap? Mm. I, I don't know if there's a kind of a one-size-fits-all answer to this because you know, you, you're obviously going to have to tailor it to different uh, kind of situations but you kind of ask yourself, you know, is a cheaper ticket going to entice someone who's indifferent to women's sport anyway? I don't know if it is. I, think, I don't think it is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you're pr like if, if you say, for example, the way they uh, reduced the ticket prices for the Ireland-Ukraine game, you know, it was fantastic that they got a record crew, but I personally believe that was more down to the promotion than the actual ticket prices. I agree. Because Myself, my wife, and my daughter went up, and I was actually taken aback when I went on to the Ticketmaster website to buy the tickets. That, for the three of us, it was ten euro. Sure, the, the under sixteens get in free to the internet women's yeah. international. So I'm always saying to people, bring bring your kids because it's so cheap. For an Ireland senior international, it's I don't think way that's underpriced. enough. Yeah. I think it's way underpriced. Yeah. And also, how are the association ever going to, and how are the teams ever going to get money in? How you know this is this should mm -hmm. be you, these are your your front runners to make money for your team, your international yeah. games. And I'm the same. I spent two years paying tenner to go in to watch the Irish women's him yeah. going, this is ridiculous yeah, price. You're, you're undercharging people who are going ridiculous. to pay anyway, you know, and you're yeah. kind of preaching to the converted as such. It's it, it, those situations where we're talking about those big games of bringing games to, you know, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or the Aviva or whatever, you can make the argument then that, you know, to try and entice people. To in, fill, and to, yeah. and to fill it and get a real atmosphere there, yeah. you might drop prices 90% of the time, you know, someone's not going to say, oh, there's, you know, there's a, women's, there's a women's international on, I might go because the ticket is only a fiver or a ten or whatever. They're going to go if they want to go or not. So, yeah, are they going yeah. to go because somebody has done done good promotion and good media and has sold them on the idea that this you know this is really this is going to be a great game or these are yeah. great players we should see them soon I'm a bit torn in it oh, yeah. the reason I'm a bit torn is I think that there's more of a chance of an entire family going to a women's football game than to a men's and it's great to encourage an entire family to go to that by having lower ticker, ticket selling price right. so if you have I don't know, two girls and a boy, you want your you and your wife, you and your husband, you and your partner want to go and the whole five you go, it's a much yeah cheaper and better experience for you. I at the same time when I read it, I was like God, nine quid is very low. Nine quid, so we should oh. say nine. Like the 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 women's super league tickets. That's this was on the back of this in yeah. England are nine quid. That I thought, seems to me yeah. to be ridiculous. And I mean, I, I get her point. Don't increase it in extortionate amount. Just no. increase it slightly. And that's that was the only difference that I could see is that it's so. We had this conversation around the the men's football team there a few weeks ago when uh, well, I can't remember which Irish, Irish game it was, but the ticket prices were really really high. If you're bringing kids to those games or GAA, yeah. it gets really expensive. Of course. It does, and that's so, a really good point to make, particularly on a family ticket thing. Exactly. If you want to try to create new fans and you want to bring a family, and that's not the yeah, only reason to do a deal. But that was too. a good point. But yeah. it's just a, it's to get them interested in women's football, bring them in. That yeah. was the only the reason I was like, okay, well, that's why the, the lower ticket price works because then a, fa a whole family can afford to actually go to a game. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes they can't. But nine quid for an adult, I think, for a Super League game. When we look at that quality, so. and yeah. I have to say, I went to the Women's Rugby the Autumn International recently. Um, the only the only Women's Rugby Inter Autumn International this series. So it's the only time you get to see Ireland play from now to the Six Nations. 
I paid a tenner in. Again, I think that's too little. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's too little. Do concessions for families, do concessions yeah. for kids. But like, surely to see an Irish international women's team in any sport, the minimum price I think should be 20 or 25 I just don't know Absolute how you'd move minimum. it forward with how can you? How can you yeah. make money? Yeah. Exactly. The family ticket thing is, is actually a really good point. And yeah. um, going back to the ladies football semi-finals this year when they did the two on the same day, mm. we decided that morning that we'd go up, myself, my wife and my daughter, and the ticket prices probably did play a part in yeah, that because you know we obviously had to factor in price of petrol up and down from Cork yeah. as well, and we did look at the ticket prices. And if they probably had been a bit more expensive, we might have decided not to leave it yeah. off. You know, so yeah. family tickets definitely is an important yeah. part of it. But yeah. the ladies' football is a, a really good example. Like they've put in really good work over the last few years with people like Jackie Cal there, you know, yeah. behind the marketing and stuff like that. They were able to charge, I think, €25 Euro for the final this year and look well, at the crowd they got. I, you know? yeah. I, I saw people complaining last summer that it was €20 Euro to go into the All-Ireland Women's Gaelic Football semi-finals. I mean, two games of the top quality, mm -hmm. best Gaelic football you're going to see in the country. And, and you, you're, you're arguing yeah. that £20 is too little. Well, yeah, well, when you get to the All-Ireland, you're talking about £90 yeah. quid for the, to for the top. If you're looking ticket. to get one. So I just, <laughs> like, that, that tenor for the rugby, by the way, was it was a stand ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a stand ticket in the UCD. That, to me, doesn't make sense. I think, as well, if if we've grown the audience and we see the audience starting to grow, we should be... We should be cashing we should be cashing in yeah. it because, because how else are they going to move forward themselves financially? How are they going to get money? I was just looking um, uh, the Barclays and Barclays also now are sponsoring the women's and apparently the deal is three, 10 million over three years so Barclays are throwing 10 million into it but you're only charging people nine quid to come in I think that's you know I think that's where we need to move forward as well yeah. it's like that thing and another thing we've, we, we were discussing that we wanted to look at was to move forward as well the conversation has to go not only in team sports about the the numbers who are at the game but also actually the quality of the play and there are three things that caught my mind and Mary Hannigan had a very good piece in the Irish Times recently and that was can we stop cheerleading you know yeah. blowing leads I've seen three Irish women's teams blow leads in the last month and I went oh my god so obviously the soccer Mm -hmm. against Greece. They were leading up until mm. crucial game. Into injury time, Away yeah. game. They were leading into injury time and they conceded an injury time, I think, for 84th minute. Yeah. There's one lead that they should have held on to because this is European qualifying that's mm. really important. The Women's Rugby International, they were leading and they uh, they let Wales get a push-over try again in, I think, three minutes into injury time. And the hockey, to me, I really... even We all... I mean, amazing skill by the hockey team to win that uh, penalty it. shootout, mm. but to me, should it have ever, should they have ever got to that? I wasn't at the second game, but I was at the first game, and the first game, the first quarter of the first game, they were all over Canada. I think they had five short corners. They should be scoring it, and I just think we need to critically appraise women's performances yeah. sometimes, don't we, Sue? I, it's funny because I actually missed the hockey game up until the penalty shootout. I got <laughs> in the door and I thought it was just all at this level. And then when I read afterwards, the people were actually giving out about the that quality. they weren't, yeah, the they weren't the actually great in the game. I was like, what? That penalty shootout was amazing. It's hard to believe. And But I totally, totally agree with you. And can I just say, the women that we speak to all the time in sport don't want to not be critically they evaluated. They don't want that patronizing. They, no, yeah. they want to be critically evaluated. They want to be taken up when they don't do when they don't perform well. We were talking about the rugby team last year as well and I think they got a fair doing over they it. They did get it. You know, and, and actually on, on, on international level they are getting very seriously analysed. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. suddenly there was money being put into them coaching and where is this going wrong? Why is this not up to the standard that we'd expect? And that's the questions you'd have to ask. It's not 
I think there's a cheerleading element to a certain level or a certain age group. And then after that point, you have to be taken, if you're a professional sports person, you have to be taken and, and just critically analysed. I think that's only fair. Do you find that with, with female athletes, Bob? Yeah, and I think that was a typically fantastic piece by Mary Hannigan. But um, the, to take the example of the, the, the women's national team's game against Greece, I mean, that two points dropped could end up costing them qualification because Massive. realistically they're going to be looking at being one of the best second-place teams. And right now they're actually two points adrift of being yeah. one of them. No, there's a long way to go, obviously. But the, yeah, there was kind of a narrative afterwards, oh, isn't it great that they got a, a point away from home? I have to say, I was a bit guilty of it as well because I went, I think I even tweeted and said, look, they're still in the running, you know. Mm. And I didn't really hit them and say, do you know what, we shouldn't have lost that bloody game and what mm. were we at? And they, like, they took an early lead and you could see from the first 20, 25 minutes of that game that they were a better team than Greece. And I, I actually think they'll beat Greece convincingly in, when, when they come to Tala, but... You're looking there at people like um, Katie McCabe, Louise Quinn, Denise O'Sullivan. Like these are women who are at club level playing alongside the best players in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can guarantee that those players are wouldn't be patting themselves on the back for you know dropping two points in those circumstances, and and that their coaches at club level would tear strips off them. Yeah. if they did drop those two points in, in that kind of a game. So if the coaches are going to do it, they're well able to take it from, from the media or, or the public. And yeah. as you said, Sue, like they're, you know, it's patronising to them you know, to kind of you know, plumoss them with that kind of false praise. We are know. doing the same thing to the men's football team at the moment, though. I will say. Well, there is a bit of that, There's that's a bit true. Of, like, so last week... <laughs> Those who got <laughs> But yeah. last week, the whole, the whole rhetoric around it was, oh, look, we went out and attacked a game. Like, hang on a second, lads. We've been playing so badly for this entire tournament. Yeah. Let's look at everything else that went on before and why was that happening? I know. And when so, it is a national team, I think there probably is an element of us all wanting them to do well. Yeah. But I do think, I mean, Mary Hannigan put it brilliantly. She was. She said, like, like in... It, it, the, the, some of the narrative sometimes around women's team sport is yes they lost 16-2 but the girls gave it everything and they're fabulous role yeah. models so, so that she captured yeah. it and the other line she was like you know goal deflected off right back's arse from two feet would be a Puskas <laughs> contender which, that was a great line she, but, she mentioned as well um, you know by extension obviously the players are, are being criticised from the, the England Germany game at Wembley oh, yeah, but yeah. it was good to see um, Phil Neville being called out as well because you know he talks such a big oh. game and you know, it's easy to overlook the, you know, the performance in the context of the occasion. But, you know, Mary mentioned Joe Curry on the BBC saying to Neville, <laughs> it's an uncomfortable thought, but some may argue that you may not be the man to lead this team, which, given England's results recently since the World Cup, I think is a very fair assessment. Well, it was extraordinary. Actually, during, at, at the end of the World Cup, what I couldn't get over was his team selection for the semi-final was baffling. Mm -hmm. And it didn't, actually, there was, with maybe two exceptions in the English press, nobody went what, what was he doing? thinking of? Yeah. They all kind of went, oh, the girls played badly. There wasn't really proper analysis of the team and there certainly wasn't proper analysis of what he was doing. But yeah. but there's certainly the tide has turned against Neville in England. Yeah. But she was using that as an example to say, you know, good. And, and Joe Curry did ask him the really hard question. And, of course, she'd ask that of a men's manager. Mm. I think as well with the soccer, maybe because there's a new manager in as well, Vera Powell's come in, and maybe in my head I was thinking, well, she probably needs, you know, she's not there long. We need to give them time to settle in to see how they're doing. But it's true. I think we, I, I'm certainly probably sometimes guilty of it as well. And, and it's got to stop. It's, it's hard not to. It is hard not to because I think we've been all of us in this room have been cheerleading women's sport for so long so it's very hard when you're when it gets to that international stage and they're doing well to not be like oh we're still doing well yeah i find that hard yeah and but i think as well too maybe it's the amateur thing as well we yeah. know a lot of the female athletes across a lot of sports are not full-time professionals so i think you do judge them slightly differently do you think yeah and like it's that conversation i keep comparing to the men's game i don't mean to but it's just that 
we've got to a point with the women's game where we aren't at it the men's game in terms of funding and sponsorship and all. And until we get to that equal grounding, I think there is a little bit of well, well what the tools that they're being given here aren't they doing really well? I think that's some of the the rhetoric that people fall into, which isn't fair because they're playing a good game and these are really really brilliant sports stars. Yeah. But th- I think that's what's happening is oh my God, look at the amount of funding they have, look at the coaching they have, like part-time coaches in some of the cases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's why it, it just falls does kind of inform your comments sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah, yeah. There's, there's an element of kind of feeling like you've got more of a right to, I suppose, criticise the men's players when they're earning so much more money. And Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so it, 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 that is a fair point, yeah. yeah. But I think that's changing as well, you know, and I think that's changing for the better. And as you say, Sue, every athlete we talk to that comes in off the bench, they, they don't care how harshly they're criticised because they're like, we want to be the best we can be and, you know, to bring yeah. it on. And it's fair not to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rugby team, by, by as I said, what really intrigued me about the, the rugby team is that actually it was the best game I think I've seen them play in about two years and they coughed up a try at the end, which they shouldn't, but they had a lot of new players um, and I definitely think that uh, Judy Bobbitt is one to watch out for a uh, second row from Black Rocket. She had a great game. I just think there's lots of new talent there and uh, there was a cohesion there with the rugby team I haven't seen in a long time and uh, to cough up that try at the end you know not to go into the start of Six Nations having beaten Wales who beat them badly in Six Nations last year it would have been a lovely result for them to get and that's the difference between good and great teams really is that you get over the line so you know we have to we have to be harsh and look at them harshly um, there were two other things worth chatting about I think before we finish today um, one of them was, it was a very interesting study. The Telegraph is doing, obviously, uh, as we know, and people mightn't be aware, but they do, uh, they, they now have a female sports editor in the Telegraph, and the famous Anna Kessel, who wrote that great book, mm. Eat Sweat Play, and um, they constantly are producing content on women's sport, and once a week they do a special. But this, uh, last week they did one on concussion, and it raised really, really interesting questions about sports science, about training women the same way that you train men and all the rest. And I don't know whether you'd come across it or whether you knew about it before, Sue. So. I hadn't come across it, but I, I read it when you sent it on to me, and it, it's an amazing report. Yeah, fascinating, but fascinating like stuff. Lo- just stuff I hadn't even thought of in terms of like concussion in the women's game. Um, like frightening statistics as well. I mean, particularly around it was White, uh, Nic- Nicola White, and yeah, her injury. The, the English hockey player, yeah. yeah. And then uh, was there a rugby player who had it? Was it eleven concussions in fourteen games? Yeah. But the, so the, the, the the, there are findings, aren't there, that yeah. tell us that women are more, more susceptible, more susceptible, and more and probably more damaged long, long term mm. afterwards. But things I didn't know, like about the the neck, because women's necks aren't as strong as men's necks, so when a concussion happens to them, the impact is actually much greater and the, the brain moves around. I just never just never knew anything about it. I don't it. know that that's widespread known, even that women... So, first of all, they they can get concussed more easily, but the long-term effects impact. of their concussion yeah. is what's really frightening. It, to, to, to get past the science in some way, but basically, when you get concussed, there are nerve cells in your brains called axons, right? Men's are bigger in diameter, but also they have a more complex structure, mm. right? And so because of that, they recover quicker, whereas they've studies, particularly uh, of U.S. college students, female college students and athletes, they've discovered that actually if a woman gets concussion, the the accents are more likely as well to go to dysfunction or to generation rather than to recover. I just think that's Mm. an amazing thing that I'm not sure people are aware of. Yeah, I'd say it'll open a lot of people's eyes. And with concussion, it's a tricky one because there's probably a perception that to get a concussion, you have to be 
picked up by a 300-pound prop forward and driven yeah, into yeah. the ground. But, you know, it, it, a concussion can happen with a very um, mild or moderate knock. I remember getting one in a hurling match years ago. I, mean, I was wearing a helmet and it was a very unpleasant few days after it, you know. So to read stuff about people suffering multiple concussions, you mentioned the rugby players having 11, which Gosh, just blows my mind. It must be an yeah. absolutely horrible experience to go through that many times. And going back on the field mm. and playing through one of her mm. concussions. Well, and the thing too as well is, it struck me, if women's brains react differently and m m more... M more detrimentally to concussion, should the HIA system in rugby, for, for just for rugby, for example, be completely different yeah. in the women's game than it should be in the men's game? And I don't think it is. I, I, I have to check that one out. But it is fascinating. And we've, I, I, I keep, this is a, an increasing area of interest for people who are interested in women's sport, is this thing of most of the science that is used in sport, whether it's about training people or treating people or rehabbing or prehabbing people, and most of it is based on male bodies. Mm -hmm. And so we need more science specifically about female athletes, which is yeah. really interesting, Sue, because there's actually, they actually discovered, which I thought was fascinating, that if women were on the pill, female athletes were on the pill, yeah, the they yeah. suffered less symptoms from concussion, which is fascinating, yeah. isn't it? But it's so funny, because we talk about equality around sport, and I think that's where people get bogged down. It, they think of it as equality across the board and you're like, no, 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 it is a different body. <laughs> it is a different experience. It can go at a different rate. It can go at a certain pace. Yeah. You know, you have to you have to take each one on its merits. And I, I sometimes think that gets lost in the ether. Yeah. And it's that this report really shows that up like that you have to. And I mean, some of the athletes around period pains or if they lose a certain amount of weight that their their system shuts down. They're things that we have to look at. They yeah. should be healthy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, am amenorrhea, that's that where you lose your periods yeah. if you're training too hard. All that stuff is fascinating. But this one is even like, it, this one takes it to another level about how different the female brain is and yeah. how different it is, reacts to impact. And I, I, I don't know whether you would have been conscious of that, Paul, but I think it is interesting. We, we probably need more scientific studies of women's bodies to see how do we treat them. Yeah, absolutely, because the concussion thing is something I never even would have thought about, that there would have been those yeah, kind of physiological differences there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and as fact I said, the fact that you were on, if you were on the pill, you were less susceptible to damage from concussion. I thought that was fascinating as well. It just yeah. shows you. That girl's injury in Nicola White, when she was talking about how she couldn't even walk straight yeah. to the shop. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's terrifying. Sophie Spence, terrifying. the Irish rugby player, now retired, had a serious concussion. Yeah. And I remember talking to her about it. I mean, she had to sleep in a dark room for two months. Her yeah, horrendous, you know, serious, serious. Um, and, and I know Emma Duffy, who, who you, yeah. one of your colleagues in the 42, Emma had a bad yeah. concussion last year and was really shocked by... Um, by the effect it had on her and not not even the traditional things you think the headaches you know you think that and there is this very there was a really really sad case in um, in America last year where a young cyclist a really talented cyclist um, uh, took her own life Kelly Catlin and um, there was a her family her her personality changed after she had a bad concussion last December and she took her own life in March and her family have actually donated, it was in this article, they've donated her brain um, to science because they felt that her behaviour had changed yeah. and her psychological health had changed and they think that it could be related Isn't to Isn't that, that terrifying when you think of you think of the amount of people that are involved with women's game across the board, women's games all across kinds the board, of sports. supervision, coaching, all that kind of stuff and then you think a lot of people don't know this information and then you're like, well, what's the treatment like? What's who's the person that's pulling a woman off the pitch and saying you can't actually go back onto that pitch? You're not, you're not capable. Yeah. You need to go to hospital. Yeah. 
I worry about that because there mm -hmm. isn't as much involved. Well, in we'll need sport. to educate coaches. Coaches yeah. will have to be educated that there are aspects of women's bodies, not just in terms of strength and speed and all that, that are different than men's. And we, we, mm. we've had the Fitter Women app in here, the one that tracks your period and the better points in your cycle for training. So we know already that there's new science coming to women all the time yeah, yeah. about how their bodies work and how sport works. But it is a serious one, and I, I really hope that 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 concussion study gets much more widespread. Yeah. You know, um, it's good that at least we're being more aware of it because, you know, when I mentioned that I got a concussion playing hurling, it would have been about 10 years ago and uh, the doctor came on and, and, you know, said to the manager, look, he's concussed. And, and the manager's reaction was, OK, going corner forward. So, oh, classic. <laughs> standing out of the way, yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah. I think it's still in international games. And what is he doing back on the pitch? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was you know, one or two at the World Cup this year, all right. Or, uh, yeah. Now, I remember there was really obvious ones at the Rugby World Cup in recent years. And there was a couple in the Women's World Cup this year as yeah. well, where mm -hmm. I went, hold on, she's not right. There was so definitely, I can't even remember who it was, away. but there was yeah. definitely one where I was like, she is dizzy. She yeah. should not be on that but pitch. But do, do you think that in the, on the, um, generally in sports, there is more awareness of the dangers of concussion now, Paul? It's it's gradually getting there, yeah, yeah, probably slower than it needs to, but it, we're definitely in a better place, I'd say, than we were 10, 15 years ago when yeah. it first started becoming an issue. We, again, there was there was one, was it the previous Men's World Cup? Yeah, there a was. really glaring one. Um, there were several, actually, I think, and then and, and it just became a, a kind of a recurring theme and brushed under the carpet completely in football, mm. which I, I think football especially is becoming more aware of. I know it was kind of seen for a while as a, as a rugby problem, which it, it definitely it's is. Not, it's not yeah. just a rugby problem. There's it's no doubt very, about it. It's very upsetting when you see it happening in, in real time mm. as well. Like, I watch a lot of NFL the amount of concussions Jesus, yeah. in that game are insane. And it's and, and it's the NFL suit that's probably led this in terms of the NFL players taking a case and saying not yeah. anymore or whatever. Yeah. Was it college football or NFL in America? I that think it was NFL. Yeah. yeah, so they're saying like you just can't, you can't keep it going. Well look, that's, I mean, they're only some of the things that have come, come across our desks in the last month which shows you how interesting um, women's sport is. We always stress that we're not trying to silo women's sport on off the bench but trying to maybe look at stuff that doesn't get discussed in general sports coverage because Paul you probably see that as well still uh, most of sports coverage is about men's sport still isn't it it is yeah yeah and, and I mean that was the the crux of the whole idea of bringing in this colouring book that she can you know was that you know when when you open a newspaper or turn on TV and put on sport it's 90% of the time even more going to be a man uh, or men's game that you're watching and I go back to when my daughter was I think she was probably only just turned two and uh, she had she was fond of getting up uh, at 5, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So my only saving grace is that I'd stick on the match of the day repeat. <laughs> and uh, it, it, she was watching it with me one morning and she asked, um, you know, Daddy, why, are, why is it only boys playing in, in those games? And that's from a two-year-old. So that just kind of illustrates how aware kids are from such a young, early, early age of, of visibility and, and what they're seeing. Absolutely. And, that, you know, I think it's from the word go. You have to you have to work on the visibility thing, especially for girls. You just have to put in that little bit more work to, to yeah. put sport in front of them because it's just you know boys of course need to be encouraged as well, but it's just there for them a lot easier, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, look at once again we can't plug it enough actually, which is a rarity for me. Uh, the book is called She Can. It's a coloring book for tomorrow's Irish sports stars, and it is full of images and stories about uh, Ireland's top female sports stars, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant idea. Congratulations, Paul, to you and everybody in the Forty Two again. For doing it. Thanks it's just know. great. Um, and hopefully next year we might see another product. We'll wait <laughs> to see what, what you
to come up with next. Um, that's it for us today, folks. Time has got away for us um, as usual, but um, thanks a million to everyone for uh, taking part. Thanks to David and Tommy outside in the in the box for helping us out. So to Sue and to Paul and to all of you for listening, thanks very much. Enjoy your sport and until the next time, take care.